go to Children's Church, kindergarten and younger, may do so. I'm going to ask that you um, perhaps, perhaps looked at the bulletin and uh, you heard maybe Bud talk about the uh, Family Outdoor Movie Night that's coming up this Friday. I uh, just want to encourage you uh, to take advantage of this, uh, to invite friends to come to this. Uh, in fact, we have uh, made tickets, not that you need tickets to come, but it's just a, a simple way to help invite someone to come. Uh, and so if you have some friends that you think wouldn't mind coming to watch Inside Out, the Pixar movie, uh, but to come here in an outdoor uh, setting uh, to watch a movie, if you would like to have some tickets, we're going to have our ushers come. They've got some tickets. If you'd like to have some to invite some others, just raise your hand real briefly because we want to make sure you have these. And so briefly raise your hand and we'll get those to you uh, to make sure that you've got enough to invite some others uh, to that. Uh, as well, you'll see on the, on the table outside uh, posters uh, that you'll, you'll have in that uh, if you'd like to put up a poster somewhere. Um, but also Facebook. I know not everyone does Facebook, but there's a large percentage of you that do. Because uh, I know <laughs> uh, that you do that. Uh, and so we are making use of that to promote events. And it is incredible cheap to do and very effective. Uh, and so if you would go to uh, the Green Pine page site on Facebook, like us, okay? Just, yeah, I don't, you know, love us if you want to, but just like us, all right, on there. And uh, the larger list we have on that, when we boost events... Uh, which costs $5, and it puts those promotions uh, on your, not only your feeds, but your friends' feeds. And so the more people we have liking us on Green Pines, uh, the, the Facebook, in fact, I will give you permission in the next four minutes. If you want to use your phone now <laughs> to go to Facebook, do that, that way you don't have to remember to do that later, right? But then stop, get off, okay? Uh, but uh, one of the things we do is we'll put on Facebook these little promotions uh, Melissa works on the graphics and promoting that and if you just take that and share that as well uh, that just is a great way to get word out uh, uh, to do that so just wanted to make mention of that and uh, we'll have opportunities to promote our church uh, but also it's just an opportunity to increase the relationships that you have with folks and that's really one of the things we're trying to do is increase those relationships that you have in the community with the people around you uh, so I want us to turn in our Bibles to 2 Corinthians, again, chapter 5. Uh, and last week, uh, we, we just did this um, kind of a, a, in general, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We did the whole chapter and, and looked at some truths that speak to us in a divided age. Uh, and some, I think what Paul was teaching us to do in being ministers of reconciliation in a divided age, which is every age, if you don't know that, until Christ comes back. Uh, and it's just the, the degree of tension, the degree of division among us. Uh, and so we are certainly in a greater time uh, in our American society than we have known uh, of recent. Uh, and I want us to, uh, this morning, to focus on verse 20 uh, and make that kind of, uh, just spotlight that passage uh, and see how that teaches us in our, our society, in who we are today. One of the things I want you to do, uh, we're going to have a prayer in just a little bit, but I think this is going to be really effective for you, or better effective to you, 
if you take that little sermon notes page that's provided in the bulletin, just or any piece of paper or put it on your, your device, whatever, but start listing out relationships. All the relationships that come to your mind, you know, your, your children, your spouse, your parents, your co-workers, your neighbors, um, maybe various church members that are here, various uh, responsibilities that you might have, and just start listing out relationships. Put a little name or initials if you don't want someone looking at your paper. Uh, just, just putting out initials uh, and, and having that on the a left-hand column of your paper uh, as we go through what we're about to go through. Uh, with that being said, I think it's probably good for us to pray, ask God to speak to our hearts. I, I appreciate so much how we've worshiped together. Listening, I was able to listen in the back uh, and just to sing along with you. Uh, RD was unfortunate to be the person with me uh, in that. Uh, but to, to worship with you is the belief that as we do this, God is working among us. So some of you come, you're, you bring in your worship with you. And you're ready, it's like, I'm ready to praise God. Some of you are like, man, I'm glad to be here. And, you know, I'm just struggling. Uh, but regardless of where you're at, it is the belief that God is working among us. And we were able to witness that among Sharon and her life and her family, to see God at work in her, and, and God using that to speak to her own hearts. Uh, and, and there's so many opportunities like that. And so let's just pray for God to continue His work in our life, using the Word of God as we focus uh, on this together now. So I'm going to ask that we join together in prayer, asking God to speak to our hearts. So, Lord, this is your time in a unique way. Every day and every moment is yours. But it's uniquely yours because we've set aside a purpose to be together, to focus on you with one another. And, Lord, by your Holy Spirit working among us, that brings a unique opportunity to see you, to come to know you, as you work through each other, Lord. Father, that as we are sitting here and looking around and intersecting with each other's lives and praying for one another, Lord, it is as a uh, stained glass of your light shining through the colors of who we are. So, Lord, we thank you. And we believe, Lord, that you are alive and well. That just as your son died and rose again, that he is in your presence to send your Holy Spirit among us so that you are here with us. And you know what is going on in our heart and in our minds. Just as you know all that has happened to us this past week and our hidden thoughts and opinions. And you know what will happen. And so Lord, in that intersection of the past and the future, we've got today. And Lord, we desperately need you to reveal yourself to us. And Lord, we believe by the cross that you want to. <laughs> the creator of the universe. You want to reveal yourself to us. And you ask that we reveal ourselves to you. And you are inviting us to enter into your heavenly courts through the throne of mercy. So, Lord, direct us, speak to us, 
that our every day would know the eternal. I pray this in your name. Amen. All right, so you got your paper out? Begin those initials. Uh, I believe you can do two things at once, all right? Uh, so, I want us to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Um, and as we looked, as saw this last week, we saw how this began with Paul realizing the frailties of life. We're all going to die, but with it, as a Christian, we have great hope that we put away this tent of flesh and that one day we look on and take on a new tent that God himself has made, an eternal home, uh, and, and that is what we long for. Uh, and the Holy Spirit is given to us as a guarantee that this will happen, and that's why it does matter, our belief in the Holy Spirit and His involvement in our day today. It's a down payment. Uh, and so we long to be with the Lord, but we know that when we're away from this body, we are to be present with the Lord. And with that, we believe that there is a judgment, a judgment of Christ that's going to be done upon us. You see that in verse 10, and that is a unifying truth. It doesn't matter who you are, we're all going to come to the same point. And so therefore, verse 11, we operate under the fear of the Lord, and we are persuading others, and we're telling others, because everybody, no matter who we are, are under the same malady of being judged before God and doing so with sin. And so we share the good news. And we proclaim Christ. And so verse 14, we looked at the universals and how the love of Christ compels us, controls us. Because we believe that once died for all, therefore all died. This also is a universal truth that applies to everyone. That there is a reason for everyone to die to themselves. Because of Christ who died for us. The problem is, most of us haven't done that. But nonetheless, it's there. And so we, we keep on reading, we, and we read in verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is a Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, because the new has come. Uh, and we looked at what that means. And as we read uh, in verse 16, we realized that, yes, it's talking about the old practices of how we think and how we feel. But there is certainly, in this passage, where God is saying, I'm declaring a new breed entirely. You know, there's always one human race, mankind. God didn't make multiple races. He made one race of mankind. But there will be and is God working a new kind of race. And that is one with Christ in them. And so we see in verse 16 that we judge no warning. No one according to the flesh. And we talked about how the world standard of thinking and, and whether someone is higher or greater based on the world standard. And it certainly is applicable, but it's also true that he's talking about literally your flesh and your skin tone. And that now the chiefmost question is not what color of skin, but their Christ. Who is Christ working in them? Is Christ working in them? And that is the utmost concern. And that is the determining quality of how we view other people. And so, he says in verse 18, this ability to be in Christ, a new creation, a new heart, a new way of thinking, a new attitude, a new perspective. Verse 18, all of that is from, all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And so this is something that we have. It is our responsibility to have ministry, service of reconciling. 
And so he's going to explain that a little bit. And so as we read verse 19 and 20, let's, let's just stand as we read verse 19 and 20. And might as well read 21 because it's powerful. This ministry of reconciliation, what is it? That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. Not counting their trespasses against them. And entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You may be seated. I can't help but notice right after that, he says, work together with him. Work together with him. We appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. This thing that God is doing, this grace, this, this fact that God is saying to, to Jesus, you become Jared's sin. And Jared, you get become Christ's righteousness. This thing that God has done, he's there for, because that is such a great thing. Work together, we appeal to you. So that all people may know this message of reconciliation of God reconciling mankind to himself. We just talked about how racism is an undermining of the sovereignty of Christ and the sufficiency of Christ. And that if I'm going to walk with a racial perspective, it is to say Christ is not enough. I have to define someone by something else. But have you ever been in a circumstance, a situation when you're around other people, and you think to yourself, this is not a good situation. The attitudes that are around me are sickening. Um, we have different words for it nowadays. Toxic. That's a good one, right? It's just a toxic personality. I just got to get out of that toxic relationship. <laughs> you don't want to be toxic. Um, but I think we might be more than we want to admit and then the other one is dysfunctional, you know, we, we hear that. I, I grew up in a dysfunctional family. Uh, it's common uh, to say that because it's common to be a dysfunctional family. Uh, and every family has dysfunctions to some degree. We are not operating how God has called us to operate. And so we can say that American, as a large society, is a toxic society, as a dysfunctional society, because Christ is not king, and therefore the functions are dysfunctioned, because we're ordered under another authority. Most of the time, it's the authority of ourself. So, uh, one of the things about having a family is you, you realize it's all in you. This dysfunction that you see around you comes from you. That's, that's just, you know, we had a vacation a couple weeks ago, and there's nothing quite like a family vacation. <laughs> right? To bring out the dysfunction, the toxic. It's like, you know, there's a point where it's like, oh my goodness. You know, everyone's bickering. Everyone wants their own way. Everyone's complaining. Everyone's yelling, and I'm yelling at them. And it's like, okay, where's this? What's the common denominator here? Well, uh, you know, I remember where they came from. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that didn't happen apart from me, right? So it comes from us. And I was like, man, you know, you just walk away depressed, scourged. 
because it's, it's in you. And so why do we have family? God designed family so it is a lab, it is a workroom of God revealing things about ourselves. But uh, one of the things I want us to get, I hope, have you finished writing out those initials yet? <laughs> All right. So with this, I just want to present to you, as we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. You know what ambassador is? Right, they, they represent someone to someone else. Uh, and, and so an ambassador for Christ is someone that has been sent by Christ to someone. Okay, And as an ambassador of Christ, they are to represent a message uh, of the one sending them. They are to represent the method of the one sending them and to represent the motive of one sending them. And so they are to suspend their personal agenda and take on the agenda of the one who has sent them. All right? So you all read that in verse 20, right? It says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. What is the grounds for this? Well, the grounds is that God has entrusted to us the mess. The message of reconciliation. Well, why is that? Well, because God is desiring the world to be reconciled to himself. And he has already reconciled you. And because of the fact that you've experienced verse 17, therefore you are in Christ in your new creation. You've got the groundwork in your heart to be an ambassador to everyone. So, very first, in all my relationships, listen, in all of my relationships... I am Christ's ambassador. All those initials. You see. You are called by God, if you are in Jesus Christ, to represent the message, the motive, and the methods of Christ our King. Now, in some of those initials you see, it's like, okay, I got that. And some of those, oh no, I don't have that. And chances are, the, the initials that you spend the most time with are the ones you're going to struggle with the most in this. Okay? Uh, and so you've got to understand how this works. And so when we talk about dysfunction, when we talk about tox, toxic hearts, we're talking about sin. We're talking about selfishness and self-centeredness. Uh, and when Christ is coming in and king, he's asking us to be different. So when we talk about changes in the society, I, I'm not very hopeful that our government is going to fix American society. God has called the government to encourage good and discourage evil. God has granted the power of the sword to do such things as that. To encourage good and discourage evil. But when the government system of defining what is good and evil is off kilter, then their whole function is going to be messed up. But you know, I don't think that God has given the government as our hope to do that. Who is the hope? Well, Christ. But Christ isn't here anymore. But he's called his body to be here and he's given us the spirit. Listen, we've got to look at the church. When we see the dark road that is around us in our country and in our community, we have to look at ourselves and look at the church. And we think, well, you know what? It seems so daunting. We don't have any political forces. Uh, we don't have uh, any effect. But listen, who's to say that it changes by these political forces? Most of the change that takes place takes place in relationships. 
in relationships. And the thing is, is that there is within the American society something what someone has called the spiral of silence, where we don't want to speak up for what Jesus Christ has called us to speak up. We don't want to talk about how we are followers of Jesus Christ, that what makes us different is what Jesus is doing in our life. And so we don't speak up about it, therefore encourages the 20 others around that are not followers of Jesus, or that are followers of Jesus of Christ to be quiet too. And so as we're quiet, it encourages silence for Jesus Christ. That's the effect of persecution, and we're not even feeling persecution yet. Why do we not have persecution? Because it's not needed. We're already quiet. We're already silent about this. And so what I'm talking about is the water cooler conversations, the the rides in the cars with people, the sitting down at lunches with others, the working alongside of others in the school rooms and the desk and the various places, these uh, conversations that take place with your friends. This is where God has called us to change. We are to be ministers, uh, ambassadors of Christ in those conversations, those uh, relationships that we have. So, if this is the case, we have to keep out, keep an eye out looking for God-given moments of ministry. If we're an ambassador for Christ, that's what we do. We look for opportunities to minister, conversations. And let me just kind of give you a clue. A lot of those moments of ministry are going to happen in alongside of painful times. Either your pain or the pain of the person that you're talking with. And a lot of times where they coincide is exactly where God has called you to be an ambassador for Christ. So therefore, as a father of Christ, when pain and comes into life, no one wants it. But at the same time, we can praise God because God will use it. For us to be a better ambassador of Christ. Uh, when pain comes in, it just opens up the door for me to speak into a whole segment of people that I couldn't speak into their lives before. So keep an eye out for God-given moments of ministry. It could be that when you're talking to someone, they're expressing frustration. Or they're expressing complaint. or expressing need uh, at some point in their life. That's your clue. Perhaps God would have me speak and love and relate to this person on behalf of Christ. Now, here's the problem with this that we run into. If in all our relationships I am Christ's ambassador, therefore, in all my relationships, I must have kingdom goals. If I am an ambassador for Christ, that's where we get hung up at right there. So 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14 and 15 gives us the clue as to how this happens. This is what we looked at last week. For the love of Christ controls us. And we, we talked about it, it's not my love for Christ that controls us. It is the love of Christ that is in Christ's heart that gets implanted by the Holy Spirit in our life controls us because we've concluded this that one has died for all therefore all have died that's the picture of baptism that's how we start that's how we start the christian walk did you see the baptism that was the picture being buried with christ we are dying to ourselves so just as you receive christ so continue to walk in this way 
according to Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. We continue in this way. And so therefore, we die to ourselves uh, and this this work that God is doing in our heart, giving us new desires, is directing us. So, so, therefore, in all my relationships, I must have kingdom goals. And so, as you look at those initials, what are the points of frustration with them? What has been the points of tension with them? And so, let me ask this question. What has been your goals to cause that tension or for them to be a part of that tension? Is that goal kingdom-centered? And you say, yeah, my kingdom. The kingdom of Christ. This is where I have problems constantly and why the, the tension, the conflicts the frustrations, the toxic environment is nothing more that allows me to point to my own heart. If I never had these conflicts, I would never see it in my own life because I have an amazing positive outlook on myself, right? We view ourselves so positively and we look at everyone else so negatively. That's what happens with people that don't fear God. That's our tendency according to Psalm 36. Uh, And so, when conflicts happen, it's like a big sign that says, what are your goals? What are your goals? Are they kingdom-driven, or are they personally driven? See, here's our our tendency. When when things happen, we want to stop the pain, we want to stop the noise, we want to stop the chatter. And so, we tend to go to external quick fixes. You better stop that. Better quit. So here's the latest thing that's been uh, done in our house. Uh, so we've got uh, boys six and eight. They're very affectionate, but the problem is the affection changes somewhere mid affection into flat out wrestling. Um, and I think that's cute and fun for a little while, but not all day. <laughs> and so the here's you know at some point we're like, okay, you guys got to stop. So the external fix is, you guys got too much time, too much energy on you. Why don't you go take the trash out? So now my mind's constantly driving, like, okay, what, what are my jobs I can give them to direct them so they're not focusing on one, on one another and just go? But does that solve the problem? Is my goal really just y'all stop wrestling? Now, you see how that's easy, though. Because I, I want them to stop wrestling and there's a quick thing. But if my goal is that I have sons that just don't wrestle, then I'm stopping short because that's not kingdom driven. What's the kingdom goal? The kingdom goal is to have brothers that love one another. Is taking the trash out helping them? Not really. It's just a little temporary band-aid. Okay? But sometimes band-aids give you a little bit of quiet. But you just got to understand that it's not just the Band-Aid that you want. We are, and I'm, I'm not being an ambassador of Christ in this. I'm not looking out for the kingdom goals. So am I solely motivated by my own personal happiness? And to be honest, that's often what drives it, isn't it? If that is our denominating, dominating goal then we're not loving people. We're using people. 
right? I mean, you can do all kinds of charitable acts. You can go and, and take care of the poor, but you're doing it so you'll feel better about yourself and be happy about yourself. That's not loving people. It takes a little bit different goal in this. Do I respond to others with a desire to encourage God's work of change in their lives? That's what we're looking for. Are we looking for God's work of change in their lives? So let me just keep on reading here. Uh, as we read this, what does it mean to be an ambassador of Christ? If it means that in all my relationships, I am Christ's ambassador, therefore in all my relationships, I must have kingdom goals. Consequently, our relationships will model how Christ relates to us. How does Christ relate to us? If we're an ambassador for Christ, we better know well how Christ is dealing with us that directs us. So, you know, it's, it's fun uh, being in, around other countries when one of the things when we were in North Myrtle Beach, we had this waitress. Uh, and it's amazing. If you go to Myrtle Beach in the summertime, it's like this Eastern European community of workers all around you. Um, but this one was actually from Ireland. Uh, and so the waitress came, and I heard one waitress talk about her from Ireland. I was like, oh, man, that's so cool. And I was like, are you from Ireland, too? I was like, yeah, you know, just, I can't do the accent. Uh, but, uh, and she's like, yeah, how, you know, and I was trying not to have such an accent about it. And I was like, well, you know, that's very neat to have an accent here. I don't hide it, you know. Uh, I was going to kind of talk about my Ireland background from 200-some years ago, you know. Uh, but uh, it was just fascinating but for her to be different, she had to stay in touch with where she was from. So she would say stuff like, well, that was brilliant. I was like, really? <laughs> no one uses that word here. You know, it's cool. I'm glad you said that something was brilliant. Uh, and it's just like this, this in touch with, the, with where you come from. And so for us, if we're an ambassador for Christ... That means that a relationship with Christ is not a luxury. It's not something we do if we have spare time. It's not something we do when there's a quiet moment alone. A relationship with Christ is necessity for who we are in Christ. To be an ambassador for Christ and of Him is to constantly living in this relationship with Jesus Christ because that's how you learn how to relate to others. So what are some things that Jesus is doing and has done? He has committed to love us. He's committed to love us. That's incredible. And so when we look at all our relationships because of Christ, there must be a commitment to love these initials, these people. That is to put the needs of them above your own needs. Change happens in relationships. Change happens in relationships. So here's what we often do. Someone is toxic. Basically, they're putting their needs above anything else. Okay? They're toxic. Or they're dysfunctional. Uh, so what do we do? Well, I'm, I'm going to punish them by not talking to them. And therefore, they'll know how dissatisfied I am with them. So what's your goal in that? Uh, it just makes me feel better. So what's your motive? 
happiness. But if your goal is for them to change, I, I, I want them to do different, I want them to be different, then the solution isn't necessarily how to remove yourself away from them more, but how to love them more. Because change happens through the relationships of love. How did Jesus change you? Isn't it? Because not that he removed himself from you, but that he died on the cross for you. As you look back in your life and see how God's relationship began in you, can you not see how God has been involved in the little things all throughout your life, calling you, directing you, wooing you to himself, and you didn't even know it. God was calling you, inviting you into relationship. So as we think about this, there is a commitment to love us, but also God is committing to know us. Now, what does it mean to know someone? It's not just to know their facts. I know where they're born. I know where they work. I know what their favorite food is. All right, it's not, that's not the knowledge of someone. This is to know someone's heart. So what that is looking at is what are their beliefs? What do they believe? What are their goals? What are their hopes? What are their dreams? What do they value? What do they desire? Our heart is revealed by what we desire and love. So as you look at these initials, do you know what they desire? Do you know what they love? That's who they are. So that you get to the point that you can predict how they think and how they feel. Because you know what they believe. And too many of our relationships are stuck in the casual syndromes. We don't really want to know more than that. We don't have time for it. So what does that mean? I don't have time to know someone. Why not? Because i got things to do. What do you have to do that's greater than the kingdom of Christ? You just need to know that when you're involved with people, with it comes interruptions. And it's to be expected. And if you look and see in Jesus' life, his ministry ran in what we call interruptions. And so you've got to be prepared and open to that because this is about the kingdom goals and not just their own. And so he is committed to knowing us. Jesus knows us. He knows our hopes and dreams. He knows what we believe and what we don't believe. And then Jesus reveals truth to us. He speaks truth into us, and so this is something he's doing. This is what we're also called to do as ambassadors of Christ, loving, in relationship of loving people, knowing them, then speaking, revealing truth. What does that mean? It's not just having these decorative moments like I'm doing right now. I'm not calling you to be those preachers everywhere you go, because no one wants that. I mean, you guys barely stand me doing this, right? Uh, it's amazing that you guys keep coming back. Uh, and so there's this, it's, it's done a different way than that. Uh, what we're talking about is bringing God's truth to bear on a person in situation and what they're dealing with. So you're asking the question, what does God want them to see? What, as you look at these initials, what does God want them to see? And the problems, the, the, the anxieties of their life? Not a, what do you want them to see. What does God want them to see? And then you ask the question, how can I help them see it? The goal here is to help them to see themselves in the mirror of God's word. Interesting how Jesus did that. If you look at how Jesus did that, most of the time there's two main tools. Telling stories and asking questions. Telling stories and asking questions. 
Uh, and I, as I look back in my life, when God has spoken to my heart, it was often done in the form of a question. Where you get, God gets me to understand where I am in God's place and his word. And so it could very well be that God uh, has you asking questions. Helping them to see themselves and the word of God. And then, not only does Jesus commit to love us, commit to know us, commit to reveal truth to us, but he also commit to do for us. He helps us do what God says. As an ambassador for Christ, then these are going to be some of the actions that we are helping others do the word of God. Matthew 28, 19, 20. Y'all, y'all know that? We quote it often here. Go ye therefore into all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's what we talked about this morning. Teaching them to observe, or teaching them to do all the things I've commanded. And so, if we're just shooting for the head, we're messing up. We're shooting for doing what God has commanded us to do. So an ambassador for Christ will help others do this. So, as we look at this, we have to remember something else. To read, we are, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. That means in all my relationships, I'm Christ's ambassador. That means in all my relationships, I must have kingdom goals. That means that in our relationships, I must model how Christ relates to us. God making his appeal through us. Do you get that? God making his appeal through us. I mean, have you ever just... Got in the news, watched the news, and it's like one problem after another. And you ever said to yourself, man, I wish God just had some kind of hammer. I wish he had some kind of tool where he could just magically construct a society that operates well. I wish he had a, a scalpel that he could just cut away this, this pride that's in people's heart, this fear, this suspicion that's in rampant segments of our, our society. Or maybe you said in our church, I wish God could, could build something different. If he had just a hammer that he could just fix some of these things. If God, can you just have a tool to fix our society? I just... God, I bring to your attention, he has one. He has a hammer. It's you. You are the tool. And so, I just want to bring to your attention that God alone changes people. But he's called you to be the instrument. And so when we watch the news, it's like, boy, that's someone's problem. Man, that's messed up. I wish God would come back. And I do too. But until that time, he's called you to be the difference. We pray and say, God changed the hearts of our society. But will you be the tool? Say, God, change our church. But will you be an ambassador for him? God, my family's messed up segments and times where it's just the wrong attitude. I can't take my hands off of it. Say, God, just deal with it. Yeah, I understand I don't have the resources within me to fix them or myself. God can. But God has called me to be an ambassador for Christ. Do I see myself as an ambassador for Christ? 
in this relationship, in any of these relationships, is my goals kingdom-oriented? Are they more selfish-oriented? And then consequently, am I relating to them as Christ relates to me? Am I committing to love them, committing to know them, to speak and bear truth to them, and to help them do what God has called them to do? And it's amazing how God changes people when we're committed to do what he's called us to do. We can't just complain. That's not given to us to do. In fact, it's told for us not to do that. And we can put on social media, oh, no, 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 and complain, and complain, and complain. But God is asking for those people who will act and say, I will be the minister of reconciliation. I will love the people. I will commit to know the people. I will bear truth and think and ask God for him to help me reveal truth to them, and I will help them do it. As God is helping me to do it. That's the church. So I say to you, chapter 6, verse 1. Working together with him. Working together with him. Then we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. So we never ever get past this idea that we see in verse 21 that for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin that I might be made the righteousness of God in him. It doesn't really matter who the presidential candidate is who wins the election. Because it's not dependent on them. God has given it to us with Christ. Will we take it serious? Well, you're a policeman like Jeff. You're working in public life. You're a person of a, of a, a minority color. That no longer defines you. And majority color no longer defines you. Christ defines us, and we are glad for it. 